Okay, welcome everyone to episode one of the Open Lobby Podcast. I am the Unfiltered Nerd. I am super excited uh, to be launching this. Thank you to everyone that is listening for the first time. I have a awesome first guest for you guys today. I've got the community manager, director, slash creator, slash TikTok queen from Kit Fox Games, the studio that is publishing Lucifer Within Us and is behind the extremely hyped game coming out in 2021, Boyfriend Dungeon. I've got Victoria Tram with me today. Victoria, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good. I'm excited to be here. And I'm episode one, so it's very it's even one. more exciting. That's right, that's right. Um, so first question, uh, when is Boyfriend Dungeon getting released? Uh, it's going to come out whenever the Blades decide they're sexy enough. Um, they're really picky about how they look, so it's it's been a mess, you know. It's just if they just won't mm. stop like trying to self improve, and we're working on it. We're working on it. I'm I'm trolling you kind of because I can't imagine how much you get asked that question every week. So I, I do. I, I'm going to ask a side question to that. When you get asked that, whether it's you know in Twitter DMs or you know in emails and stuff like that do you do a different response every time like do you like create like a new story each time or do you just kind of are you kind of at that point where it's like i've heard it so many times i just tell them i don't know just leave me alone (laughs) at this point i've heard it so many times i have like a cycle of like five responses i could give someone (laughs) depending on how i'm feeling so yeah yeah I, i think you can only get bombarded with it so many times and everyone i mean it's good news though right you don't want anyone to be you don't want to be like hey our game's coming out next week and then like nobody's saying anything about it right so i guess you it's it's not a bad problem to have at all Um, i would much rather have this problem than the opposite (laughs) right right um so let's just kind of start at the beginning um how did you get into gaming as a hobby um like what do you enjoy playing what did you enjoy playing you know back before you started in the industry um why are you in the industry what what prompted you to join the industry and what do you play now as a as a developer slash community manager? Right. So hmm, it it all started <laughs> in the past. Uh so my my brother and I, we had like we had a computer and we had to share it a bunch of the time. But luckily our our dad was very into technology, so we got like a lot of old computers at the time and we were very lucky to have it. And I played so many MMOs, like t- okay. Tibia. And Ragnarok Online and RuneScape, um, Gunbound. Okay, I know that one. You've gotten to the point of where I know it, so. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so I played, like, because I didn't at the time know how to find games. I was younger than my brother, so he was the one who found them. And then he'd be like, I made an account for you. Uh, you're going to play so that I can get double the loot. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, this sounds fun. This is great. Um, so that's kind of like how the gaming stuff started. I mean, there was also Minesweeper and Solitaire. Sure, right. Everybody's <laughs> classic. 3D <laughs> pinball. Everybody has played. Yes. Um, unless I guess, has Gen Z played it? I don't know. And I've I talked about that with someone. So all these podcast episodes are being interviewed or are, are being recorded at different times. And I talked to someone yesterday. I was like, think about how Gen Z may not ever play the original Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, like, look at the, yeah, it's true. That it's is true. like, like I could say Frogger or Pong or Pac-Man mm-hmm. and like, those are all great games. And I think the generation before us is going to be like, are they ever going to play Pac-Man? But for us, we're like, Super Mario Brothers is like, 
the like start. I guess that was my first game. I put my dad walked in the house at five when I was five with an NES with the Duck Hunt controller and Super Mario Brothers, and that's my first game that I think I ever beat. And it took way longer after I was five. But it's hard to think that like, and maybe that's just us becoming older. That like the younger generations are gonna talk about only Fortnite and nothing else before that. Maybe I don't know. It's like it's one of those things where. I, everyone's like cultural touchstone for their like childhood game is going to be so different. Um, like I wonder, who knows? Like maybe when we were all playing RuneScape, people were like, "I can't believe that all these kids are going to grow up and all they're talking about is going to be RuneScape." <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you you played that, and you right. did you immediately like you you weren't immediately like, I want to go, you know, make no. RuneScape, right? No. I mean, no, some people I, do, and I would. I. It's true. It's true. Those people are awesome because they knew at the age of like eight what they wanted to be, and I did not. I yeah. <laughs> no, I like fell into gaming, and I always hated it. Like when you grew up and you asked like how an adult got their job, they're like, "Oh, I just fell into it." I was like, "That's stupid," and then I fell into games. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no. When I played these games, I was like, "Oh, these are really fun," but it never occurred to me that this was a legitimate job because I just had like a very traditional bringing of like go to university get a nine to five become a doctor or something that sort of stuff yeah, right uh, right yeah so it, it wasn't ever on my radar to get into games for sure and i gotta say are you are you from canada originally yes okay okay because no one in the u.s uses university <laughs> yeah i, I learned that where it's like there's actually like a because when we say college in canada it means mm-hmm like your community college in America. Yeah. But when we say university, that means your college. Yeah. We it's just say like, college for everything and then everyone just brags about whatever the name of their college was. Oh, I see. Even though like it doesn't matter outside of sports, I think. <laughs> like I went to Tennessee. I don't really I mean I follow Tennessee sports and I like sports, but you know, if I miss the Tennessee football game, it's not the end of the world. Whereas yeah. other people that I know are like, I cannot believe you did not watch us play Alabama and get trucked by 40 points. I just cannot believe you didn't sit through that pain and anguish <laughs> with me. You um, know what? It's okay. Then you make them sit down and watch an esports tournament with you. Yeah, and then they believe. cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so you went to university. What did you go to university for originally? Uh, sociology. Okay. And so you are community manager now. Did you go straight from university into... I, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of a tie there. Is that what you decided to use your degree with or? Not not necessarily. It was it was one of those things where I so I my, my major was in sociology. My double minors were in communications and social studies and medicine. Medicine one doesn't really apply here. Um, mm-hmm, but right. communication does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. One of the things that always fascinated me and the reason I wanted to originally, like my original job prospect was healthcare PR. It was because I was really interested in the way information was gathered and understood online. I really love the way people interact online. I think it's fascinating. That's why I loved so many MMOs when I was younger, um, because like I got to interact with so many different people. Um, And honestly, I was a kid when I was playing these MMOs. I learned some stuff that I don't think I should have learned as a kid. But oh yeah, that's a whole yeah, other online. Story. Yeah, I grew up in a very, very 
sheltered background. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really listen to Backstreet Boys and NSYNC until I was like in my twenties. Oh, like okay. I didn't didn't grow up like you listen to that stuff, you were going to hell. Like that type of oh, I I see. Mm-hmm. so then I bought an Xbox 360. I, well, I, I, I conned my parents into doing it. I, we moved. We moved from, I, I originally I grew up in Buffalo, New York. We moved down to Tennessee uh, for my dad's job and knew nobody. I was junior in high school. I was like, I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of everything. You know, that like time where you're like a teenager and your parents mm-hmm. are like, we will literally do anything if you just shut up and stop like being a hellion. So they let me buy an Xbox and then I got Modern Warfare 2 and that's where I learned every single thing that has corrupted me to my core. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so, so online communities corrupted me and then I was like, I like this. Uh so I guess I'm a master. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the corruption. Give me more. Give me more. Right? So you went you were gonna do PR. Um and you just were like, no, I had you ever had you ever gotten like an internship doing it? Did you just decide you didn't want to do it before you even went into the field or um yeah, I had a, a related internship to it. So I actually worked for a it's technically a healthcare company where basically, you know, like when you go to events, whether it's a sports event, a concert, or maybe an esports event, uh you yeah. usually have like medical staff. Yes. Uh so we were the company that provided the doctors, the nurses. Um, that sort of thing. So I kind of, I worked in the medical field and they also at the time were helping out with the overnight jail. So usually this is very different. Oh but like basically when, so just so you know, there's a part, like there's a portion usually in cities of a jail where like, if people are like drunk, you just throw yeah, them the drunk tank. overnight. Yes. Just let them sober up, do all that. Yes. thing, And you always need to have a nurse on staff. Um, so it was a weird mix of like events medical work and jail yeah yeah so i was kind of uh i was working with that and in the marketing social uh sphere for that company um so i was kind of tangentially in it maybe so then you just were like this isn't for me what what brought you to like i want to go into games like what did you just immediately say that's the field i'm going to go into or were you a lot did you cast a lot wider of a net and just be like, I've got this degree. What can I do with it? Or were you more targeted towards like the gaming industry? Uh, I was one of those people, as you said, who had no idea what they wanted to do. So mm. I cast like the largest net in the world. I was like, I am kind of interested in this. I'm going to apply for jobs and hope something works out. Um, games I was always really interested in, but I was in that position where I was like, uh, but I don't, I'm not like a huge gamer like as in like i'm not like a pro gamer i'm not very good at many games. none of us are we all say that we are Eh. none of us are unless you're getting paid like for winning or something like that yeah or you're Mm -hmm. i guess like ninja tim the tap man people like that i mean which i think everyone kind of wants to be and then they realize how much work goes into doing that it's a lot of work um, so yeah, so I was like, oh, it's probably not going to work out, but I might as well try because at this point I was like, what do I have to lose? I don't, I mean, I was working like some part-time jobs in marketing and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. because I was at the time a student and paying bills, student bills, all that stuff. Uh, but I was like, might as well try. And then it 
happened that I got into a games outsourcing company that basically uh, does community management, does customer service. They have other like branches that do QA and all that. Uh, and then after a while there, my ex-boyfriend now <laughs> saw <laughs> on Twitter that Kitbox was hiring and he sent it to me and I was like, oh, I want in. And then I got it. And now I'm here. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like that, that I hear a lot of people that get their dream. Do you think that Kitbox is like kind of your dream job? Oh, yeah. So I hear a lot of people when they say I got my dream job, it always happens to be through, like, through their ex or their ex is like part of that. Do you ever hear like think that? You know, like I was dating this person and this person told me about this. We're not dating anymore, but now I'm here and I love it. Right. Like, it's just like a weird, yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm making that up in my head, but I feel like I've heard that a lot before of like pe- that stories of people finding their dream job. So Kid Fox is in Montreal. Yeah. And like, did you live in Montreal at the time? Did you have to move to, to go there? Uh, no, I w- went to university here. Okay. Yeah. Montreal is a huge city for gaming. Like a oh, huge yeah. city. Yeah. I actually have half of this podcast series that's coming out is developers, indie developers in Montreal. Do yeah. you all, I'm, I'm sure you guys have like, you know, packs and, and, and stuff like that up there. Maybe not the same, like Penny Arcade Expo, maybe not throw something up there. Yeah. But like, do you all know each other? Like, do you know like Clever Plays and like different studios that are in Montreal? Yeah, so there's this thing called Gameplay Space in Montreal where a bunch of, in- not all indies like come from it, but like a bunch of indies work in that office. Um, So okay. they, Kid Fox used to work in there, then we moved out, like others have moved in there and moved out. Um, But usually like a lot of indies kind of conglomerate together in like different buildings or spaces because it just makes rent cheaper. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, and like, for example, I used to work for Clever Plays a little bit. Like I did some part time okay. for them when I like first started out uh, at Kitbox. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a really nice thing to have because uh, because there's such a huge population. There's a lot of different like local events and not like huge packs or anything. Just like local meetups or fun little like things that people do or like just indie picnics. Like in the summer, Kitbox indie used to just host like a picnic. Picks. And just invite a bunch of indies and we just all hang out. And Do you all pitch each other your ideas? Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wondered about that. Like, you think about, like, uh, you go to, like, a Silicon Valley, you know, you talk about, like, uh, I think Ashton Kutcher talks about it a lot where he's like, uh, you know, I'll get in an elevator and literally everybody will be like, let me tell you my idea. I feel like in Montreal, everyone just wants to tell you about their game idea that they're working on. <laughs> sort of. Oh, I mean, it's like, because they're your friends, you also want to hear it. And like usually things are NDA and stuff, but like among indies usually, and if they're your friends, you're like, oh my god, so this is NDA, but let me tell you something uh, about the yeah. game I want to make. Um, but then when they're like, oh, it's NDA, I can't tell you. When they say they can't tell you, you're like, oh, it's big. Oh, oh something's like, happened. And you're like, yeah. oh, I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's really nice. It's a great community for sure. Are you uh, Are you team Putin is awesome or Putin is overrated? Putin is the fucking best you said you I can you can curse yeah you can curse say oh, <laughs> you go on. That, like, i was gonna ask <laughs> yeah no that I, I i have never had it i i, I grew up in buffalo the, the furthest into canada i ever went was like right across to the canadian side of niagara mm-hmm. falls um i'd love i want to go up to montreal and like uh different areas different provinces because i know it's it's awesome up there um but poutine I, and i'm sure you guys get asked this a lot if you're from canada and you come to the u.s they're like have you had poutine? Like, 
What so what's what's your favorite thing on poutine? Like what do you what do you put on it if you can go either have I'm assuming in Montreal or anywhere in Canada, if there's poutine, there's probably places like the Chipotle of poutine where you can design mm. what goes on it. Yeah, yes. So what's your go-to? See, the thing is, I am like a poutine purist. I don't okay. want any shit on my poutine other than like the gravy, the fries, and the cheese, because like that's the classic combo i don't want i don't want if i want if i'm gonna have trash food it has to be like a thousand percent trash don't put like another vegetable on there so you don't even want like just no just the fries the cheese and the gravy (laughs) so are you also the type of person that's like i don't want like the not like the fancy like the toppings but like do you have like a specific type of gravy you're like i need to have this gravy or are you like i want the greasiest cheese whizziest tasting like thing there yes as long as it's cheese curds like and the gravy is good like i don't need the like fancy um kind of poutine because also the best poutine is when it's like 3 a.m and maybe you're kind of drunk or maybe you're not and you just want a 3 a.m poutine because that's i've done that multiple times before Um, yes Uh, that's exactly when i say i'm gonna go to montreal that is in my head of okay whenever i go out to the bar that's where we're going afterward. We went to, I went with a bunch of my friends to, um, where did we go? DC. DC uh, here has, I mean, every city has like their food, right? So like mm-hmm. in Tennessee, where where I live, it's like the specific barbecue joint that you like have to go to. Um, mm-hmm. in, in DC, I guess their original thing is like some kind of like variant of a hot dog. It tastes like a hot dog. It doesn't taste any different. But theirs is like late night, go to this place. Mm. like drunk food like this is what you get and we love doing that and i know that when i go to montreal one day that's going to be like my go-to is somewhere to go for drunk food poutine great sorry i'm just like thinking about i'm like i want poutine i know see yeah (laughs) and i get trapped i get trapped i got trapped in the pool today at work uh where like i'll go look up like food videos on youtube like and today i looked at mac and cheese videos for about an hour and a half and i was like Amazing. That is not what I'm cooking today, but I want it yeah, so badly. It. Yeah, um, I, it's a, I had this tradition when we could go to physical events with PAXs and stuff. Yeah, uh, right. And there's a group of game devs that are usually there, and I usually hang out with them. And our tradition for the past few PAXs has been every time PAX ends, like the fourth day or whatever day that they have, um, we go to like the shittiest American diner we can and get the shittiest mm. breakfast food for dinner. Oh, and yeah. It's the greatest. Listen, I I love I love diner breakfast. That is oh, same. people mm-hmm. that that want the fancy breakfast, like the eggs Benedict and stuff. Now, just give me bacon, cheesy eggs, hash browns, all the grease added. That's our stuff. So so I found Victoria. I talked to Victoria a little bit before the podcast that you know I heard about Boyfriend Dungeon through a couple of gaming podcasts that I listened to, but I they they talked about Boyfriend Dungeon and I was like, oh okay. That sounds super interesting. Let me look them up. And the first thing that I saw was Victoria doing something on TikTok. Oh, no. And <laughs> I don't remember which one it was. I think it was the Choose Your Fire one that you did. Oh, um, okay. And, and I was like, okay, this is interesting. So I always follow, whenever I find a game that I'm interested in, I start following the the developer on TikTok. So not TikTok. I don't follow them on TikTok because you guys are the only ones that do it, which is what we're going to talk about. But I follow them on Twitter. Highly recommend you guys follow Pit Fox Games on Twitter if you want to learn anything about 
the games that they're making because they aren't just making Boyfriend Dungeon. We're going to talk a little bit about another game that's coming out in a couple weeks at the time that we're recording this. You can always hear updates and see different things that they're making and they'll have different people play their games. And you can see their reactions. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really good. I follow like Kit Fox. I follow, you know, next week's episode is going to be Clever Plays. Um, I'm not going to reveal any further past that because we've got other people down the line, but um, highly recommend you guys follow them. But Specifically, follow Kit Fox because Victoria does something that no one else does in the in the industry. She makes witty, funny, comedic TikToks about being a game developer or dealing with the community. So you started doing that in February, and when you like first came up with the idea, what was that thought process like? When did you say, "Hey, I'm going to try doing this and see how it works out"? So the beauty of uh, quarantine. <laughs> You have so much yeah, extra time. <laughs> that's true. I can't even say it was like this brilliant marketing idea. And honestly, most of the things that have worked out really well haven't always been me being like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be really smart. It's always me being like, I don't know. Let's see how it works out. Right. Um, and yeah, so we've always wanted to kind of do video content. Um, I think video content is very valuable in terms of social and engagement, but I can't like YouTube videos take so much time. I was really busy, yeah. but TikToks were like it's like sixty seconds, thirty seconds, fifteen seconds. I feel like I could do that. Yeah. So you you started doing it. When did you? What type of response did you see? Because you see, like, I mean, analytics and your whole job is to drive people to you know go to your click on your site and look at the games that you're buying and eventually buy the games. Um, but like, when, what did you see? like that start to impact like your your analytics behind the scenes. So the interesting thing about TikTok is that it's actually questionably who knows how well it does for conversion in terms of like social media. But the thing about social media and that I think a lot of people uh, have a misunderstanding about is that it's not actually very good in terms of converting people into buying your game necessarily. Um, like compared to other marketing platforms like email marketing or something else like that. Uh, okay. I, I find the point of social media more is to build a community and have engagement and kind of just keep you at top of mind in terms of like what's happening, um, how your games are doing and all that. So again, yeah. I don't see TikTok at goal, the goal of the TikToks to be like, buy our game. It's more, hey, this is who we are. And especially as an indie studio, um, yeah. having a, hey, this is who we are and hope you follow and like what we do is really important. <laughs> I think you guys do a really good job of that, especially because you are sarcastic about what it's like to be you. Like you you joke about like, you know, if, if no one's looked at Victoria's TikTok, just take a second while you're listening to this and go, go take a look because she talks about what it's like to be a, a manager. Like the, I, I intentionally asked her when Boyfriend Dungeon was coming out because I know she gets asked that all the time. <laughs> She's TikTok about that. She's TikToks about guys that find out that you're uh, working video games on dating apps. She has stuff about uh, that. That one's my favorite because I just think, you know, obviously I don't have that issue. I'm the opposite side. I'm not exactly the jump on. Like if someone says that they play video games, usually I'm just like, oh, wow, what do you play? Not like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you're like, <laughs> like gravitate to them. One of my favorite ones that you do, you've done is the uh, when the developer comes to you and says that you have to delay the game and you have the Beyonce oh voiceover. Yeah, that is so funny. 
I, I never. Legitimately, yeah. how I feel when they tell me the game's delayed. I'm like, I see you've chosen to kill me. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I, I think that you have one of. I mean, I, and game developers are going to think that I'm sliding them. I'm not at all. But I so I I, I went to school for engineering. Um, hmm. and when you go to school for engineering in the U.S., a lot of times your first job is a very they call it the pay your dues job. So hmm. you have to go and do the job that no one else wants to do for like three hmm. to five years, sometimes longer. Um, so our job was like, go be a supervisor on the front line. So the supervisor is like the middleman. You've got to try to keep everybody happy. You got to keep your boss and your peers happy by like hitting certain analytics and like improving and and everything. And then you want to keep your employees happy because they're the ones doing the actual work. You're just there coordinating everything and scheduling and everything. And you always feel like you're losing no matter what. Mm -hmm. It's just like. They're not happy because they want to be off every day of the week and they want to show up late and not have any issues. And then these people want us to reach goals that sometimes seem unachievable or are really, really far stretched. And you're just like, and I feel like community managers have that dynamic as well, where it's like the community, your job is to relay, you know, kind of community feedback that's Mm -hmm. constructive. Mm -hmm which I don't know how much of that is, but constructive community feedback back to the developers so that they know. And then um, the developers and your team obviously want you to, you know, push the game or, you know, communicate to the the players what you're doing. I guess uh, the, the question, I, I talked a lot, I didn't even ask a question. So how, how do you balance like the, your community and like engaging with the community and, you know, receiving feedback with, you know, all of the feedback that you get because you guys have a, what a discord of like six or 7,000 people right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure tons of people are saying certain things. You got steam comments, you got YouTube comments, you got Twitter DMS, Twitter comments, stuff like that. How do you balance all that and filter what's actually useful for your t- to take to your team? Yeah. So one of the things about community when you work in it is that you'll often actually see repeat complaints. Um, or like repeat criticisms and all that. And it's not necessarily bad to have criticism of your game. Actually, it's really good to have criticism of your game. I think it's mm-hmm. really important. Um, and it's kind of, I, the way I mentally sort of structure it out, I think there's like, what I forgot what it was called, but like there's like four quadrants and like there is urgent and important. There is urgent, not important. There is not important and can wait. And you know, you're like, yeah. you're, we're, we're getting it. I'm explaining it badly. Uh, but usually it's like you you know exactly what the worst things are. So things that are like game breaking bugs or someone's lost their entire save file. Like those are yeah. really big things that you're like, okay, they're going to get angry over this for like good reason. Hopefully not like harassment angry, but they're, they're yeah, going to be pissed. Hopefully. I get it. <laughs> um, so those are the things you want to like convey first. Uh, and then you can kind of like w- get into the more nitty gritty things. Like, are there some mechanics that are uncomfortable or weird or don't make sense? Is there like, you know, it's just minor bugs like, oh, they spelled something wrong in here. Like those ones like can be saved for later um, and don't necessarily bring a lot of like actual emotional response from people. Um, so it's not as difficult, I think, as people seem. I think it's just more the sheer volume of things you get. And when you get the particularly, like, very emotional people where you're like, oh, no, I got to do some, like, um, triage for this. Some of it's funny, though. You you take it, you would you have the ideal response, in my eyes, to certain levels of it. Like, 
you made a TikTok at one point of like someone's angry comments and you like mm-hmm. roasted them. We're like, this yeah. one's pretty good. This one's okay. This one's pretty <laughs> shitty. They could have been more creative. Mm-hmm. Or the one where you're like, what it's like to be a game dev and you're typing and then it's it's like you fucking thought blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like that, I I I think those are hilarious. Like, cause no, what are, what's people gonna do? Oh my gosh, she took my thing and she made fun of me. Like, well, you just called her a fucking bitch. Like, what are you what are you expecting her to do? At least she didn't just block you. Like, <laughs> which you could have done as well. But like, you know, at least she made something funny out of it, right? So yeah, um, I mean, it's one it's one of those things where like you have to. Ma- use your own judgment of like okay which ones can i save which ones are just there to kind of antagonize you because they don't like that you can date different pronouns and boyfriend dungeon that sort of thing um and if they're going to give me content i'm going to milk it for all i have oh absolutely my favorite one is when they just say trash like nothing nothing else just trash and you're like i am trash thank you yeah yeah exactly (laughs) right um so so you guys are working on multiple projects um and i'm I'm curious so you are working on right now games that are developed by kit fox also games that are published by kit fox Mm -hmm. um and you've got different levels to each of them too right like you've got lucifer within us which is coming out in a couple weeks again at the recording of this podcast which is like a mystery uh egyptian themed kind of like a it's not egyptian no not at all I'm way off. I, off. What am I, it's okay. What it's I okay. Thinking? We have a lot. We have a lot so of things going on. So what's the what is the theme of Lucifer with us? This, uh, the theme of Lucifer with us is like a world where basically religion and technology have come together. Not in Egypt. Okay. Not really. I guess we haven't. Really I am. Lucifer where am I getting that? I don't know yeah. where I got that from. I'm sorry. Oh um, no, it's totally fine. But so that game, you know, when you compare that to Boyfriend Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near the amount of hype, not in a bad way, but just it's kind of flying under the ra- radar when you compare mm-hmm. it to as much press and hype has been around that game. Then you've got other games like Paparazzi, which is not made by by you guys. How do you do you approach them in different ways, like games that are being developed by you versus games that are being published? And what about the games that maybe they don't have as much like if you if you told someone, hey, we're making this game called Paparazzi. They have no idea right right now, other than like maybe they've seen it, you know, through either mobile mm-hmm. store or through Steam. Whereas if you say boyfriend dungeon right now, not everyone's gonna know about it, but a lot of the people that do, they're gonna be like, Oh, I can immediately picture Sunder and yeah, I, I know exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah. do you approach her a different way? Sort of. Um we I don't approach our developed or published games differently necessarily. Uh, when it's like our developed games, I can be a little bit more lax about what I post because it's like it's whatever we decide. But when I'm like promoting or marketing our published games, I want to make sure the developers of those that game is comfortable with the way I'm talking. Right. Obviously, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I want to be respectful of what they their vision for the game and also you know what they want to say about it. But yeah, so. In the t- in terms of like how Boyfriend Dungeon and Lucifer Within Us have very different hype levels, it's not necessarily a bad thing at all, for sure. Um, some games are really great at being shown on social media and going viral because it's like it has a ridiculous name like Boyfriend Dungeon. Yeah. Um, or you can show it in a GIF and it's really exciting and interesting. But some games like Lucifer Within Us that are more like sit down, more technical, more like a lot of like narrative or something. Um, that is harder to promote on social media, but that doesn't mean um, that the people or like the more niche people that it targets 
aren't super excited about it. Uh, yeah, so we have like games like The Shrouded Isle, which honestly didn't show very well on social media at all, but was is actually like quite successful in terms of games that we've had. Um, so I don't think it's at all indicative of like game success, whether or not it goes viral on Twitter, for example. Right. Going into let's talk about Boyfriend Dungeon a little bit because everybody right. probably clicking this because they're like, again, they really want to know when it's coming out. We want to know any new things that are coming. And I'm, I guys, I don't have any of that, but I do want to talk a little bit about um how it was how the idea came up because I think it's fascinating. I guess I, I've told people I always pictured uh, when someone comes up with a really incredible idea, like let's mash up a dating simulator and a dungeon crawler together. I'm like, they probably were out with their friends that night drinking. They all were just throwing around different ideas. And then someone said it and then the next morning. They're like, Hey, that idea you said last night, let's run with it. So how was that probably is not how it goes at all, but that's in my head. I'm like, that's how it happens every that's, time. That's, you're not that far off, honestly. <laughs> so, so, it, so is that how Boyfriend Dungeon was made? No, sort of. So the creative director, Tanya X. Short, um, also captain of Kitbox, very lovely person. Uh, she and the team, honestly, has always loved dating sims, but we always felt at the time, um, because this was before a lot of the thing, uh, a lot of other dating sims came out, we were like, oh, it doesn't, one, it doesn't feel like the world was made for us, but also it's just, and again, nothing against narrative because we're a highly narrative-based studio. It's just like, yeah. all you are doing really is like clicking, reading, clicking, reading. Taking the clothes off. Yeah. Taking the clothes off, which, you know, but I, I'm not going to complain <laughs> what about a, Yeah. So whatever suits, whatever floats your bubble. Whatever anime, floats your Big, big anime fun. titties, go for it, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Into it. Um, but yeah, so we, we were like, oh, like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, you could do something else, like, you know, if you could fight in the game. Uh, and then it was like, oh, yeah, what if, what if you could, like, just fight in the game? What if you could fight in the game? <laughs> yeah. And then it kind of just uh, went like that. And yeah, it became a thing where we were at first, like, well, Tanya was exploring different ideas for how the story would work. And the reason it was like your weapons transform into people was that she was trying to think like, okay, well, when you're fighting, like who do you spend the most time with? And that was like, oh, you spend the most time with your weapon. Yeah. And that's how it, that's how it came to be. It's a great idea because, I mean, obviously no one has, has done anything like that. The, 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 the first thing I thought of when I think of Dating Simulator is Doki Doki Literature Club, mm. which I played for probably... I, I was on the verge of quitting that game. I had heard it's a great game. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, but it's a dating simulator. And I am not the audience for that. Like, I'm just not, I, I don't know. I, I like it. I like narrative games, but I think that, um, you know, I like anime, but I don't love anime because mm. I, I don't like spending, you know, 60% of an episode hearing like dialogue that is like has nothing to do with like moving the story forward and right. that's what i feel like when i'm playing you know, like uh, i guess i was playing Dork doki literature club i was like okay what what is going on like i see that we're doing these different book club things and you know we're learning about each of the different characters and they have different personalities and stuff but like how is this a good game compared to everything and then it hits you with like an insane twist yes. which if you have not played the game don't really want to spoil it for you because it is a pretty decent game. Um, it takes a while to get to that twist. I'll give you a heads up. But like, as soon as you go from there, it's like, what is happening? And then it just keeps going and going. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, 
you know, hopefully Boyfriend Dungeon, well, maybe Boyfriend Dungeon would be fine if you do it like that, but I, I would think that you guys are doing it a little bit differently. Um, you have such a unique idea that it almost just sells itself. I, I would never be playing another dating simulator unless someone recommended it to me like they did with uh, Doki Doki. Mm. Um, but you've hooked me because, you know, I like Diablo. Um, I kind of like Minecraft Dungeons, not not as much as Diablo, but like the idea of like something new and unique and watching the team behind it. I mean, like watching you play the the playthrough just a couple of weeks <laughs> ago um, was hilarious. Uh, you know, that type of stuff immediately hooks me. And I think that is the best thing that you can have for a game is a game that just kind of sells itself. For sure. Um, I think the only, the struggle with Boyfriend Dungeon then becomes you have to live up to the hype. Which, <laughs> and, do you do you stress at night thinking about oh, yeah. that? All the time. I'm like, because it's, it's one of those things where it's like, we can't, it's not that you're making a good narrative game. And it's not that you're making a good dungeon crawl. You have to make both things very yeah. good. Uh, and because there's already such a high stat, like there's so many dungeon action games out there and there's so many uh, narrative based games out there. It's like you have to make two really good games that also fuse together really well. Right. Um, so that's on my mind all the time. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of studios struggle to make one good game. Um, not I, I feel like indie developers and I've, I've, I've blogged about this before. I think indie developers and indie studios whether it's because they're smaller or whether I, I think it's actually not, it's a mixture of because they're smaller, they're made up of people that are passionate about what they're working on. And while yes, at the end of the day, they're a business. I feel like more often than not, you see, especially because Indies are such a huge market. You, you, we talk about Indies like hollow Knight and, you know, slay the spire and, and all these type of really big games. But people also have to realize you scroll through the Steam library, like a good 70% of that is indies that are never going to be picked up or, or looked mm. at. Mm -hmm. um, but the ones that rise to the top are like, oh, well, it's because, you know, they care so much about their final product. And I think that even the ones that don't, you know, get seen to the visual eye or don't make it to the, you know, the top of Steam charts, it's because the studios are so focused on and, and so passionate and so even sink or swim because of the, the the environment that they're in that they like have to succeed. They have to make something high quality and it, it starts with the idea, right? So like it starts with the idea like you guys have with boyfriend dungeon or like they had with hollow Knight, or they had with, um, you know, even dead cells, dead cells, roguelike is like roguelike slashers. Those just come a dime a dozen, but the, the way that they did it and the, the level of detail they put into it is what makes it rise to the top. So, um, you know, I've seen all the animations that you guys have for when the weapons turn into humans and the artwork and everything looks really, really cool and really, really interesting. Um, what what is the feedback been in general when you meet with people that have never heard of the game, like at a PAX or at a GamesCon that try out, you know, a demo of, of what you have there? Mm. Um, first, I'm going to push back a little bit on the like the indies who are usually the best or indies rising to the top depending on like you know finished project or how good the idea is because honestly like i think ideas are a dime a dozen many people have the same idea let's say um and so much of it is like partially luck partially like do you have the money in order to yeah. be able to fund that sort of thing and 
have the production value? Um, do you have a community to help you like gain traction? Um, it's it's just so many things that, and I, it makes me sad sometimes because like I do see a bunch of like indies with really cool mechanics and really interesting ideas that don't get the attention I think they deserve because either like the world isn't quotation mark ready for them, like a lot of dating sims like maybe just fall to the wayside because at the time dating sims weren't popular. Um, right. Yeah, just so many things. Uh, well, the good news is that I mean, if anything, Among Us has shown that it can happen in the blink of an eye. You know, sort two of, years because, ago. No, no, no. Because Among Us was popular in countries outside of, uh, or in places outside of North America, so it didn't technically okay. come from completely nothing. Um. So yeah, it's but yeah, there's there's so many factors that go into like games marketing and how a game is discovered that it's really hard to pinpoint like one thing. Let's say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the good thing is that I don't think you guys have that issue. I think that you guys already have, again, so much hype and so much anticipation mm. um, to play it. And it's coming out in 2021. It is on my wish list already. If you guys haven't wish listed on Steam, you should add it. Um, it is it just coming out right now for uh, PC or is it going to consoles as well? PC and Switch right now. PC and Switch. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me ask that real quick because uh, I know we're getting short on time, but... Um, with you guys are launching a game right in the middle of new consoles coming out, was that kind of the decision not to take it to Xbox and PlayStation yet, or does it have to do more with how you have to port your game to those devices? I'm trying are to see. To, what are I'm you allowed to talk about it? <laughs> I don't. I don't know, so I'm not going to say. But I, I will say that like everything is considered. Okay. And but sometimes things are out like sometimes game developers aren't able to because they're not allowed or various other things happen. Um it's not purely our decision, let's say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it at that. Uh this has been great. You guys should follow Kit Fox Games and Victoria on Twitter and YouTube. It is twitter.com slash kitfoxgames and youtube.com slash kitfoxgames. They also have a Discord. Um, where Victoria is very active or or ping her in the community, ask her questions. I'm sure you're welcome to do that there. And yeah, Lucifer Within Us uh, is coming out in a couple of weeks. Boyfriend Dungeon is coming out in 2021. Um, is there anything else you would like to say, Victoria? Uh, no, other than thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you. It's been awesome. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.